0: Time, weather, and I wait. welcome to the J and Pav podcast experience. Hey, And you're listening to the Staff Room Podcast with Che, Hurricane Cheney, and Pav, Wonder Woman, Wonder. We talk casually yet poignantly about the most relevant topics in teaching today.
1: So come and hang out with us. We're always in the mood for a great conversation. Welcome to episode 81 of the Staff Room Podcast. Today we are discussing reciprocity. And more specifically, how are we bringing reciprocity into our classroom spaces? Really excited to talk about this as this has easily become a foundational philosophy for Chea and myself over the past year and a half of our podcasting journey, but also our teaching journey. So we're really excited to discuss this today. Um, I'm not going to give too much away right now, though, because I should probably start by introducing myself. My name is Pav and I make up half of this dynamic duo. My co-host sits next to me, but I don't introduce him. He usually does that himself. Hold
0: on, hold on. I got this. Che, the Hurricane Cheney of the Staff Room Podcast.
1: <laughs> that was some good, fast typing. Just
0: with two fingers. Two fingers. <laughs> just I just typed with two index fingers.
1: That's phenomenal. <laughs> <sighs>
0: You know, singing, I can I can sing, but typing, that, that was tough to get Di- that out. And
1: on a typewriter at that.
0: You know, on the Staff Room Podcast, we love a little nostalgia. We
1: sure do. That is uh, absolutely true.
0: So, Pav, we are ready to talk about reciprocity. Yes. We're ready to get into our Maple break.
1: Mm-hmm, Maple break. Which
0: is a great expression that uh, you threw out there on Twitter today. I said, ooh, I am uh, really intrigued by that. That that works <laughs> great. You're brilliant. <laughs>
1: So I've been told by you.
0: <laughs> multiple, multiple, multiple times. When people say, What's the secret secret success of the Staffing podcast? Well it's pav. Right. Right. No, no, give us more. I gave you the whole thing. That's yeah. the secret there's no right. secret recipe. It's pav.
1: Well, I'm glad somebody thinks so.
0: <laughs> but pav, we are we're excited to talk about this because well, no, I take that back.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know if you're excited. <laughs> I'm excited because You know, sometimes I come into content where I feel really comfortable and on this particular topic, I feel somewhat comfortable and I'm looking forward to my learning growing as we have some conversation. And as I know, so many of our audience will dive into the conversation to take our learning and our thinking to other places. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this topic is going to be a fantastic one. Now, I sort of have an anecdote, but I I thought maybe a, a quote would be a good way to start this one. How are you feeling about that?
1: No, I feel really good about that. Um, I just want to sort of reiterate what you said. Um, you know something that you said already stood out to me that we're this is a, a a topic that we are somewhat comfortable with. You're right. We are very comfortable with this this idea of reciprocity as it's meaningful to both of us and to many people um, in education or otherwise. Um, but I find that when it came to uh, putting it down on paper, uh, organizing thoughts, I found that uh, it was a little bit out there. So I'm excited to hear what your uh, your quote is to get us started on this. Maybe it'll give me a little bit more um, clarity as to where we want to go.
0: As I was uh, priming for this episode, I, w- I started to waver as I was reading different things and I found this quote towards the end and it sort of brought clarity mm. to the confusion to what I was reading up reading upon. So I had this quote from Evelyn Steinhauer. Mm -hmm. Respect is more than please and thank you, and reciprocity is more than giving a gift.
1: Mm.
0: End quote.
1: I I like that quote for many reasons because it touches on uh, many things that I know that we are going to be discussing today. And this is without even having taken a look at your notes or look or you looking at mine or discussing uh, what we're going to be talking to about with each other so I, I like that that's really nice i didn't come across that one
0: can i tell you why this brought some clarity to me because um, you know we've we've engaged A lot of these definitions that come across in our, um, building capacity as teachers and mutual learners comes from engaging in other people's content, Mm -hmm. some reciprocity of content. Yes. You know what? We have the Staff Room Podcast. We have the Drive. And we love if you join this space, but this isn't solely the only space that we are curating and participating in. Actually, we're very active in other people's space, the content they're delivering. Mm -hmm. And so, um... I make that comment because a lot of this learning on reciprocity is learning we've 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 been inspired by by listening to other podcasts, other programs, mm-hmm. uh, diving into webinars, especially a lot on uh, anti-racism where this comes up a lot, mm-hmm. and this idea of reciprocity. And I would say I was partaking in a little bit of it, but not enough of it, not pointing enough. And I think in reciprocity, if you're not completely engaged in the act and completely know that even with best intentions, you're still erasing stories. You're still not honoring everyone. And, and this is sort of long-winded, but as I was reading up on reciprocity, the basic, the basic assumption is that it's, I give something to you. You give something to me. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes this notion of when I give something to you, there's sort of a a wink, wink, a nudge, nudge. I know you're going to give me, you're going to gift something back to me. Mm -hmm. And so actually it was turning into reciprocity almost becomes compliance. Right. That is, I know that, hey, Pav, I'm going to give you this pen today, knowing that at some other moment you're going to give me back a new pen later. Right. And it becomes the unspoken word. And And I was thinking, but our entry point our access point into reciprocity wasn't as a compliance phenomenon it wasn't about compliance at all and so as i was reading and i was putting it in the political spectrum of what reciprocity was it really was this act of compliance and that uh, altruism altruism was the alt the idea of you're doing something without um Sorry, I mispronounced I mispronounced that word. You can correct me later. Altruism. And yeah, that's fine. it. And you then people it. will know why, you know, you this it. the podcast relies on you. <laughs> and that becomes the idea of I'm giving something with no expectation of anything coming back. Mm-hmm. And so I was reading this and I was like, but this this isn't my understanding of reciprocity, my understanding of reciprocity. And it's a new understanding. And yeah. so is my confidence high? My confidence is, is not as high as I want it to be because I know my wisdom's not there yet. I'm not an expert on reciprocity. But this is why this discussion, it's not for you to listen and learn from me. It's about listening, or not even listening, engaging part of this conversation so we can be mutual learners together later. Mm-hmm. And so that's why this quote was important because at the end it said, reciprocity is more than giving gifts and I said okay yes so now I can understand that in the basic form of reciprocity it's about an eye for an eye uh, it's a a pen for a pen it's actually a, a, a means of compliance a means of understanding and so we can it's like patronage mm-hmm. And when we speak about, you know, how this country was built, we know it's built Eurocentric. We know it's it's been on the it's on the shoulders of other people. And patronage has always been a factor of that. The buddy system, you do something for me, I'll do something for you. The railway is patronage. It's reciprocity. Mm-hmm. And so that quote really reminded me that although these are the, the sort of the definitions of reciprocity... The reciprocity in the anti-fra- anti-racist framework, thus the education framework, is far different, far more impactful, far more meaningful, and far more important that we're aware of it. Or at least, for me, far more important that I understand what is reciprocity doing for me? What is it going to do in my space? That's mm-hmm. a little random. It's, it's just yeah. my thoughts, what I was thinking about. You can dive in on mm-hmm. something I've said, or maybe you have a... a place you want to go on this conversation on reciprocity and education.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate all of your thoughts, Che. And uh, I listened to everything that you were saying and um and I echo a lot of uh, the randomness that you might feel. And so I felt like over the past few months we've we've learned a lot in general, but the the term reciprocity has come up a lot. Uh, mutual learners, the gift economy. Um, we've learned a lot through Braiding Sweetgrass and, uh, you know, by Robin Wall Kimmer. Um, and so I, I, I sort of knew that this was a conversation that we wanted to have. Um, and I felt like this was a really good opportunity to take all of that randomness, that chaos that's sort of happening in our minds and, and sort of try and organize it. And I found it difficult to do that. So I actually needed to just sort of close my eyes and think back to my own roots of what reciprocity means to me and I knew that I wanted to talk about reciprocity in different realms of our lives um reciprocity in terms of us as teachers so what does that mean in the educational framework to students to teachers to us um with our relationships with our students I knew that I wanted to talk about it in the realm of our podcasting journey and what has it meant to us as content creators and consumers and interactors of, of content? Um, and I also thought about uh, this in terms of social media or more broadly, this idea of community and what does reciprocity mean in, in that respect? And so I actually felt like I needed to just close my eyes and take a few deep breaths and just think back, think back to my very earliest conversations, my earliest learnings of reciprocity. And it brought me back to just learning about oneness and, and it may have been religious in nature and just learning about, um, you know, creation in general and f- the philosophy behind perhaps even where this idea of religion comes from. And I was reminded of oneness and this image of a circle had come to my mind. And, and the idea of there's no beginning and there's no end. Everything is all just one and we're all just giving and taking and giving and taking. And so I was just, just this image of of oneness was caught in me and how we're all just working towards the same thing, whether it's in our classroom communities, our schools, um, the podcasting community, social media, um, our family lives, wherever it is that we're seeking this reciprocity, um, you know, the, the land earth. Uh, so it was, it was one of those things where for me to fully really, internalize what reciprocity meant and what this idea meant to me um that's what i needed to do i needed to just reflect back to the origins of the word what it means to me where i first heard this idea of reciprocity and how it has embedded itself into many aspects of my life and uh and really think about it from inwards moving outwards and so i know that that became really um Uh, a little bit more of a personal journey there, but, but I just wanted to, I wanted to echo that, uh, that feeling of chaotic, um, you know, ideas surrounding this, this concept and, and how it sort of evolved into something bigger, um, and maybe why it's been so impactful to me. This is probably one of my biggest lessons learned in the last year and a half of, of this journey is this idea of reciprocity. I think it's helped me grow as a person, which to me is so much more meaningful because it takes me back to my roots and my first understandings of what reciprocity means. And so, um, I felt like this was a really a deep conversation for us.
0: I'm processing. I've got some notes. They're random.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, You talk about our growth, and I think one of the reasons we want to talk about this tonight, or today, or this afternoon, or 2027, whenever you're listening to this, was this is a word we're actually using. It's becoming quite common in our our vernacular, and it's becoming quite common in when we analyze our relationships with each other, when we analyze our relationships. You talked about the social media space in our schools. Are are we really um, being... Uh, reciprocating with the people around us. are we becoming takers? We've had this concept that there could be really great people that are inherently just taking mm-hmm. um, and so it was really ripe for a conversation tonight because this is this isn't something where we said, oh, let's look up what reciprocity is about. This is a term and an understanding we've been really toying with and using and being intentional with. and so, as I you talked uh, oh I got a couple notes this whole circle this no beginning no end and you talked about reciprocity and you talked about reciprocity you talked about social media and you briefly talked about the land and it reminded me of some of, of my learning of I hadn't appreciated the outdoor space the land-based learning that connection to reciprocity with the land you give to the land because the land gives to you you love the land and the land loves you this is new learning for me this is part of reciprocity. This is why you you take from the land only what you need, and then you give back to the land. And for me as a teacher, like, oh, let's just go outside. And then now I'm an advocate for... no. There's no just go outside. We go outside for purpose. We connect with the land on purpose. We value the land. We have reciprocity for this space where three years ago, two years ago, 16 months ago, I would have just said, okay, you know, it's been a tough day. Let's just, let's kill time. Let's go outside. Now I would never be, I would never trivialize the act of going outside with my class. There's purpose. We're connecting with the land. There's reciprocity. And I I think it was really key to understand. We talked about later we talked about how we bring this to the classroom, it's not merely person to person interaction with where that reciprocity is. It's, and, and this brings me to an understanding of, Why do I want to know, to talk about reciprocity? And I I wrote these notes down. It's when we become aware that our system has willfully ignored the influences, the methodologies, the experience of other cultures. And this came to me in the sense when, and and, and it resonated with me when you talked about the land, because I never had the right value of the land for my teaching, for my class, to advocate for, for my students, to bring it up as a talking point, to bring it up as a learning point. I was naive to it. I wasn't giving due reciprocity to the land. It doesn't have to be a person to person. And so when you talked about social media, I thought about not solely social media, but I just thought about, it's not just a person to person interaction and where reciprocity is important, which comes back to that original quote, reciprocity is more than just giving a gift. Or when you make it sort of the connection to the gift economy, it's recognizing that there's gifts all around us. The land is gifting itself to us and we want to gift back. And a means of gifting back is not throwing your trash. Or if you're cleaning up the schoolyard really trivially, there's an understanding of why we're doing it. We're not just doing it because it's clean up the schoolyard day. Mm -hmm. We understand that we're we're loving that land and that land's going to love us back. That's reciprocity.
1: Those are, those are some really great thoughts, Che. Um, I, I also have been taking some notes while you've been speaking because, uh, you're right. This learning has come from so many different angles from, for us, but I think this theme has really stayed true. This, this idea of give and take. And, um, and I think it's, it's a very humbling experience, uh, for us because even though that we've known about these ideas in different, in different ways, um, I think that you have been a lot better in terms of some forms of reciprocity and I have been stronger in other forms of reciprocity, but I think that we're both really learning the value of it um, over the past year and a half. And it reminded me when you were talking about your uh, sort of deeper learning and understanding of land-based learning with your with, with your students and in your classroom space, um, it reminded me of a little bit of an anecdote when we were – uh, we were reading a a picture book that was called um, Shishietko, and in that book, there's a little girl who's going to be going away to a residential school, and um, her her mom, her father, her grandmother take her out into the land every day to learn different parts of her indigenous culture, and um, and there was a part uh, there was a this term offering. And so I brought it up with my students, you know, are you aware of what this word offering means? And, um, and my students had, you know, a vague understanding. It's when you give something, you know, for, for spiritual reasons, or, you know, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit more. And then we, we talked about, well, you would give an offering. It's, it's kind of like a gift that you give, uh, because you know that you're going to be taking something from the land as well. And so this was, you know, just our sort of basic understandings of what offerings are. And then somebody, a student in the class kind of put up her hand and, and she said, well, well, what if you can't? And I said, well, what do you mean? What if you can't, what do you, what if you have nothing to give at that moment what if you don't have anything to offer? And I said, well, I think that that's where the gift economy sort of comes into play. And this is when Che and I were sort of engaging in that learning um, when it came to land-based learning, in, uh, just like maybe at the start of the school year. And so I kind of brought that up and I thought this is a really um, astute question coming from an 11 year old. What if you have nothing to give at that moment? I think the land understands when you don't have something, it's not an expectation when it's gifts, you give something when you can, and it almost becomes your responsibility to give it when you are able to give it. And it's not, it's not like, it's not the market economy. It's not where you have an obligation to give something to get something in return. It's you give when you are able to give, with the understanding that you are taking something at the same time, and so that reciprocity must exist. And so it was, it was a very enlightening conversation for myself in that moment, but it was a very um, authentic and sort of innocent conversation, innocent question that came from the student. What if you don't have anything to give in that moment? Hmm.
0: Is the idea that only certain things count as gifts in and of itself, the market economy, the Eurocentric economy, the hierarchy economy. Because when you were telling me that story, you, you can give the gift of time. You can give the gift of attention. You can give the gift mm-hmm. of emotional intelligence in the sense that you want to be one in the moment. You want to be with someone in the moment. And so when you were telling me that story and, and you were talking about you you gift when you can give as, a, as an idea, but I was thinking further, it's like, the notion that only certain things have value of mm. gifts mm-hmm. inherently comes back to the sort of my own brainstormers when we willfully ignore the influence, the methodologies, the experience of other cultures because not every culture thinks that something of a monetary value is that mm-hmm. of a gift.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I like that thought a lot. Yes. You're absolutely right, and and in this situation, I didn't think of it as that because we were talking about offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but you're absolutely right. Um, when you are when you are tending to something, when you are caring for something, um, that is also that is also a gift. That is also part of the reciprocal process.
0: I I was thinking uh, even as you we were going on that I was thinking about the canned food drive that my that our school has always been engaged in, and I've always been a real advocate to make sure our students are involved. But I've always made sure to not just think that your contribution the gift you give to the canned food drive is merely the amount of canned food you bring nor do i actively reward in a hierarchy structure that the person that brings in the most canned food items is by and far you know what the greatest contributor the greatest gift giver Mm-hmm. and that and that you we try to cl- as a class articulate and I use this as a very teachable moment to how you can gift your resources, your time, your commitment to making posters, your commitment to advocacy. So maybe you can't bring in $18 worth right. of canned food items, but you can give you know, if I were to use $18 as as the bar, but ultimately I'm now working against myself cuz $18 shouldn't be the bar. Maybe the bar should be the kid that gives the kid. The student that's giving 18 hours or 12 hours of community service, of making posters, of doing announcements, of going around to classes, maybe that should be the bar. Mm -hmm. Um, But as you were telling that story, it reminded me of that, which is not totally related, but it's somewhat related in that idea of what I can give and what I can contribute doesn't always have to be measured in a financial means.
1: Right. It just makes me think um, about the value that we place on certain aspects like time. Right. I know that um, time is a difficult one because time is really, it's taking you away from doing something else that you could be doing at that moment. And and I don't think that we really value time as much as we should.
0: We do, we do put a lot of things in a hierarchy, yeah, whether we, we know it or not. And I, and I venture to say with my own growth, my own learning is that putting things in a hierarchy instantaneously makes it Eurocentric.
1: Oh, that's, that's interesting. But I don't know if that's entirely true. I think that... I think that there's all like this notion of hierarchy. Not to get t- too way off topic, um, this notion of hierarchy exists in many different realms, many different areas. Um, it there's might a, be a little bit more universal.
0: There's a simplicity to creating hierarchy. Yeah, of
1: course, of course.
0: Um, where do you want to go next with this conversation?
1: Well, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking about the different areas of our lives where reciprocity um, reigns. Supreme. You know, I'm thinking about the classroom space, obviously, because that is the first place that I always think of Mm -hmm. um, when when I'm learning something new. And I'm and I'm thinking about, um, you know, we talked a little bit about reciprocity and and how it involves our students and some of the conversations that we have. But but can we teach reciprocity? Can we teach the idea to our students?
0: I want to say yes based on uh, I don't want to say in our last episode but it might have been two episodes ago that this would be you know when we think about what's a valuable learning skill maybe reciprocity is mm-hmm. a valuable learning skill um if this is a video cast you would have saw my little rabbit ears
1: he did the little quotation thing <laughs> he did it
0: I did. um this maybe could be a learning skill but yes I think, from that episode, I sort of pushed myself that these things need to be much more explicitly taught. Mm-hmm. And I could tell you that I've gone back to my class and been far more intentional yeah. with certain you know, learning goals or learning traits or workflow habits that I wanted to make very intentional and teach them very explicitly. I think they do need to be taught very explicitly. This is a language I want my students to be using mm-hmm. freely and actually reminding me when I'm not using it or not engaging in the task. Um, I, I'm going to double back. Okay. you you talked about um one of the books from our tournament of books yeah. that of course has the 6 degrees of nicolas cage but i won't get to nicolas cage <laughs> okay. um because of course we engaged in that task um, the tournament of books it was uh bobby french yes bobby french when she gifted us that resource that she was working on and we turned that into how we could do it and we we um curated some books and then we took sort of we've been gifted book titles from uh rabbi kokar and beth lyons and um there's other people that have uh tony Coppola. we think we mentioned all those people before there's lots of people that have gifted us great social justice books that would typically be associated with kids books that us as middle school teachers maybe weren't as aware of like we, I I couldn't curate 16 great topics. And so one of those books was Stolen Words mm-hmm. uh, by Melanie Florence. And this brought me right into reciprocity. And this is where a year ago I wouldn't have stopped. So part of the book has The Dreamcatcher, mm-hmm. you know, indigenous culture. And I thought as I had a bunch of tasks that I wanted to do for each book. And then when we were going through that book, I said, oh, Dreamcatcher, this would be a great activity to do. And then I stopped myself from doing it because of my learning of reciprocity and whether it's right or not but at least my learning like my gray scales they're they're going and i from listening to when we had uh Linda and Betty on a previous episode, mm-hmm. they talked about that reciprocity is, is, it's more than just paying someone for their service. That's not enough. That's mm-hmm. not reciprocity. It's about making sure you're making community connections. You're talking to people, you're honoring their work. And so when I saw Dreamcatchers, oh, I'm going to make some dream catchers in my class. My kids will connect. I said, no, no, I, I got to stop. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the white male. I'm not going to just tell my kids and trivialize making dream catchers when this is actually an opportunity to connect to a community liaison, connect to the indigenous cultures, the communities within the community in which we teach, and I—it was because I this becomes my obligation now to not just do make dream catchers as a task because I'm just the white male. I, I this is erasureism, right? For me to just take it over and say, I, I'm saying that Mister Janey has curated this great task for you. No, 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 no. There's a responsibility for me as a teacher in this moment of reciprocity to reach out to my. The indigenous community i need to bring a community connection i need to uh honor their stories honor their work honor their culture and find a way to bring them into that space so that they and not to me to to alleviate the workload on me and and say oh only you can teach me about this i think it was um melissa wilson had a really great tweet and it's still my responsibility to read up on it it's still my responsibility to know and to understand but also give reciprocity in the sense that i don't just erase the story and become the gatekeeper of the dream catcher in my class I, it's not that easy a step and i think as a teacher two years ago i said oh dream catcher let's do this, this is an art activity and i would have trivialized it like that and then would have you know erroneously thought that I'd just done really great anti-racist work mm-hmm. when ultimately and I would probably argue that that's the worst type of work is when I think I've done quality work I hadn't done quality work or I wouldn't have done quality work it would have been pure and simple erasure and would I've centered myself on the task so I was thinking when you were telling your story, I was like this is my this is my classroom example where I put a hold on moving forward, because I realized to be, to make sure I'm giving proper reciprocity, I don't just rush to make a dream catcher in class based on this book. This is my opportunity right here and right now to reach out to my community, find, and if I don't know, contact my board that should know, and there are good, there's many good people in the building, but I do know there's some people in, in my space that are really connected, that could help me out, and I had to, I just stopped instantly knowing that there's more to this than just doing this task for reciprocity, it was deeper than that. It was more layered than that.
1: It wasn't your story to tell. It wasn't your story to tell. And I think in our learning of uh, reciprocity, we've also learned about the value of the stories. And when I say stories, I mean learning. I mean, um, you know, these experiences that uh, that we don't necessarily have the right uh, to to engage our students in, because they're not our stories to tell, and so that was a, that was a powerful piece of learning for myself as well. Because, um, like you, like you, I probably would have trivialized. I probably have trivialized in the past um, many of these types of activities in my space because. Um, because it's accessible. And then you also think that you are doing the work, but there are better ways to honor those stories and to bring those into the learning as well. And that is also part of that reciprocity. So, um, there, there's so many things here. There's so many things that you've talked about as well. And I, and I want to talk more about that, but I think that this is a great place for us to, uh, take a little bit of a break And um, and come back from commercial to sort of um, consolidate our thoughts and perhaps organize them a little bit better for listeners. But I I know that that's not always necessary because I know that you're picking up some things. There are some takeaways. I definitely have taken some things away from here that I didn't have before. And uh, and then we can always continue that conversation. So let's go to commercial. And when we come back, we will uh, throw some things back together.
0: Oh, you want me to find a sponsor really quickly?
1: I think you're good at finding sponsors really fast. I am a
0: professional educator, so I make things up on a whim. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Red Pens because nostalgia wouldn't last without it. <laughs> Hold on, Pat. Just, i just going to finish up getting these notes done. Hold on. They're coming out. Yeah. Okay. So I got my swag bag notes all printed out for us.
1: Was that a dot matrix printer?
0: Well, I had to upgrade from the typewriter to start this episode.
1: (laughs) Well done.
0: I am a revolutionary and welcome back. And you know, I do have my red pen, but it's not a red pen. It's also a blue pen. It's also a green pen. It's also a black pen. I don't even know what these things are called.
1: You, you want to talk about nostalgia? It's one of these big pens that have the four colors, you know, the blue and the white. You know. Everyone, what we're well, sorry,
0: about. I don't know. Actually, our demographic would indicate, yeah, you know. Um, we, <laughs> yes. Don't worry. I see the stats. I know the age of everyone that's listening
1: <laughs> 35. There's
0: no 22 year olds that are listening to the Staff Room podcast. <laughs> let me tell you. So everyone's like, yeah, that's my pen. And you're like, no, I don't know about that pen. Yeah, you know about
1: this pen. You know about this pen.
0: Actually, I love using these pens for baseball when I do the scorebook.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh,
0: extra base hits are another color. RBI's are another color. and uh... But we move on. As I joked about, you know, this episode being sponsored by red pens.
1: <laughs> yes, that's right. Three
0: people turned off. Oh, this episode, red pens. Because, <laughs> yes, don't worry. I don't mark kids' work with red <laughs> pens anymore. It's a lot of crayons, it's and, crayons highlighters. and highlighters. Crayons and um, highlighters. Pav, we've had a, a, a really good discussion because I already feel like I'm starting to um, understand myself a little bit more. Not that this is for you know you to learn from me. It is, but I'm starting to just.
1: Uh, make sense of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think that these conversations between you and I are, are really great for our own understanding of things. Um, it's not until you say them out loud in front of another person that you really formulate and consolidate those thoughts in your own head. So I think
0: as a teacher this year with my growth, I think the two things I, I often am aware of is that example I gave from the... The read aloud before is making sure I'm not telling stories, erasing stories by me, taking ownership of stories that are not mine to tell. And I think another one that's been big for me is really being more self-aware, not that I do it all the time, but being more self-aware. Am I giving, am I gifting my time, gifting my resources, gifting ideas, if they're wanted, Mm -hmm. uh, to the people around me Mm -hmm. and and to the social media space around me? I want to make sure that as much as we're talking about reciprocity, that I'm also acting on reciprocity. So I do think I'm much more self-reflective. Am I gifting myself my time to... Anything and everything around me, not solely the person-to-person interactions. And so if I sort of think of those two components, where's my growth as a teacher and reciprocity? It's been really clear in my class to make it part of the vernacular, part of the understanding. And that is also... Being more than just the vernacular is also making sure it's in action, and so I'm not erasing stories by centering myself and giving out those stories. And the second part of string is just a lot of self-assessment: Am I being reciprocal of the work that other people are doing? Like, if you write a blog, am I engaging in that blog? If you if you make a tweet, do I engage in your tweet, or do I simply want you to consume my content? Mm-hmm. Or in, in the classroom, you know, if a teacher sharing a great lesson with me, am I as open to sharing my lessons, my resources and, 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 and making sure that I'm doing it and not just doing it by saying, well, if someone were to, to ask me for it, I'd have it. That's, that's not quite reciprocity. It's about mm-hmm. making sure that people know that I'm active in that community of helping and supporting and gifting Mm-hmm. If, if it's so wanted, if it's so desired, because again, you don't want to cross the line where, hey, everyone, I have these great resources for you. Again, centering myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pav, you have a couple, I think you got a couple more notes because I see my notepad, lots of, you know, red scratches over all the stuff I've talked about, but I see some on yours, you know, if you got some, hold on, let me see if there's something really good. I'll just, I'll just, <laughs> you can
1: take it. <laughs> No, actually, I'm not even going to go to my notes right now because I was, as you were speaking, I was just like light bulbs flashing in my head and, and just random things popping up. Uh, you talked about altruism in the beginning of the episode. And then as you were speaking, um, and talking about the many ways that you can give gifts, I started thinking about ego and I started thinking about, um, you know, similar to what you were talking about. Oh, I have all of these gifts. I have all of these things that I can give people. What if, what goes through your mind? And this is not a question that you need to answer. I'm just putting it out there. What if you start thinking, you know, I've been, I've been giving a lot. I feel like I've been giving more than I've been receiving. I feel like I'm not really getting much back in this return. Um, is that, is that still reciprocity? Is that still the idea of gift giving at what point do we start to feel like we are being taken advantage of, of the things that we are giving. And I know that this happens with teachers, right? I know that as teachers, we give Mm. a lot of time, Mm. right? And when we're, when we're talking about the value that we place on things like time, and sometimes we don't place enough value on time. Sometimes we are giving so much that we start to feel resentment for how much we are giving but not receiving in return. So, um, as you were talking about that, that thought just popped into my head. And back when I was a beginning teacher, there was an OA, an office administrator, that used to work at one of the schools that I was at, and uh, and we talked. We were having some conversation, and the the this idea of altruism came up and it's sort of related but but a little bit off topic but um and 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 we were talking about altruism and she said there's no such thing as altruism even when you think that you are doing something for someone else and for the benefit of someone else you were still really just doing it for yourself to feel good
0: we've i got we've had this conversation yeah. before on many regards oh
1: yes we have
0: can you really be a servant leader yeah. If you're, if you're inherently getting something from what you're doing.
1: Right. And even if that's a feeling, even if that's endorphins, even if that's adrenaline, you are still receiving something in, tr- in, in return. And so is there this idea of altruism? Does it even exist to give something without the expectation of getting something in return, even if it's an internal gift if it's an internal, uh, receiving of something in exchange. So it's not, it's not something for us to necessarily even answer right now. It's just that it's a thought that came into my head as, as you were speaking. Um, I had a different direction that I wanted to go, but, but this was sort of like, it was like flashing lights in front of my eyes. And so I, I just needed to address that really quickly. I don't know if you wanted to add to that. Oh, or...
0: I don't know if I could add to it. Because when you said, I said, yes, we've had this conversation. Does servant leadership truly exist? Mm-hmm. Can you truly be solely a servant leader when inherently we know you're getting something back for it? And maybe even if it's positive all around, there's still, as soon as you are receiving something, it's, it's not servant leadership. And then it, then maybe it's just leadership right. um, and we've, we've grappled with this we've tried to figure this out as you were talking I jotted down toxic productivity yeah which you know when we talked about toxic positivity yeah it's a thing but in our spaces I don't re- I've never I've never actually been told by a teacher or anyone around me or administrator good or bad relationship to just get over something and think of the blue sky and sunny sunny days I've actually never encountered that in real life mm-hmm. despite the attention it gets in social media but what I have encountered is toxic productivity this idea that when you give and you give and you give and then it be, sort of becomes the norm or the expectation and then when you come back to this reciprocity th- th- these are good connections like how, do, if there isn't reciprocity or is it, do you still have it in you to how long can you keep giving the gift of time mm-hmm. and energy and resources when it's when I, you know what else I judged? that was gratitude and one thing I've learned. And it's never, I don't, maybe it's been explicitly spoken when we've listened to the Anti-Racist Book, um, Book Club, but I've noticed every guest that comes on always starts their their talking point with gratitude for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Always gratitude for the host, gratitude for the hosting platform, just gratitude. And so when you were talking, I said, that essence of gratitude really alleviates that feeling right. of toxic productivity as part of the reciprocity, that gratitude for what you're doing. And so those notes don't necessarily adhere explicitly to our topic but as you were talking those are some of the things that were coming to be. gratitude can alleviate like all that gratitude is part of reciprocity it is.
1: yeah i was just going to say it's not it's not alleviating anything that is that is a gift that you receive in return that gratitude is uh is meaningful and it comes back to that whole idea of are we placing value on the right things. Right, and so time, gratitude—these are things that are intangible, but they, uh, they, they hold so much value to our, our lives and our well-being. So we need to place more value on those things and and hold them as uh, as highly as as many of the other gifts that we could potentially receive that we could even hold in our hands. So that's a that's a really good uh, conversation. I mean. If you're listening, if you want to tune into this, please, please engage in this conversation because, uh, as we've mentioned many times before, we are learning as we go.
0: This is a mutual learning space. Oh yeah,
1: Absolutely. Um, the last area that I kind of wanted to touch on a little bit was, uh, this idea of relationships. And I know that in education, it's such a huge buzzword and it's more than a buzzword. It's an, it's an important concept. It's an important idea. I think that sometimes it becomes taken advantage of and trivialized a little bit. The, the whole notion of, you know, relationships before this relationships before that. And it seems like the thing for everyone to say, but do we really, do we really honor those relationships? Do we really take the time to know what that relationship looks and feels like? Um, have we actually taken the time to build relationships with our students? And what is that relationship? How? What kind of giving and taking is there in a teacher-student relationship or a student-to-student relationship? We talk about relationships a lot in education. And I think that, um, not that I have anything really to, to add to this other than the fact that it it is something that comes up so much in education, but are we really doing it right? Or are we using it as a scapegoat to say that I'm doing all of the right things? Um, so are we really, um, Building these po- these meaningful relationships with our students or between our students uh, to really develop something meaningful and uh, and it reminded me of of a really a really great quote from Braiding Sweetgrass that I've read over and over and over again and I take different meaning from this quote every time. Um, it's on page thirty of the book and um, and it's it, it reads a species and a culture. That treat the natural world with respect and reciprocity will surely pass on genes to ensuing generations with a higher frequency than the people who destroy it. End quote. And so at first read this this reads as a quote that uh that relates back to the land. So you're always you're thinking about the land and your give and take with the land. But I've removed that idea of the land from this. And uh, it's not necessarily just even taking care of the land. But can we even can we mutate genes of the, the students that we have in our classrooms to really understand this concept of, of reciprocity as they get older? And then they pass that on to their offspring. And then their offspring passes that on. Can we evolve as a species Based on this idea of reciprocity, if we just get better and better at this, can we pass that on to future generations so that they are better at this than we were? so that it always has me thinking a little bit more on that, and so I never think of it as um, you know, I've got these students for one year, so I'm gonna do the best that I can with them because next year they're gonna be doing other things. No, the learning that they're doing in your space could change them permanently. And so um, that that quote really always has me thinking about that. It's not just about the land. It is, it is that reciprocity um, moving forward. It, it is evolving us as a people. If we pass that on to our students, they will pass it on to others as well. And we could really... Continue to mutually grow and learn together and, and become better.
0: The reciprocity in relationships. Relationships with reciprocity. Relationships founded in reciprocity. Maybe possibly, but it's a lot better than people that go, relationships, 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 eh?" because you were right about that first point. I think it is such an easy talking point to simply say it's relationships first. Yeah, it is, it is, but how do you want to build a relationship? You know, I've actually always, I hate, I hate, I hate's a strong word. I've never been a fan of compartmentalizing to telling me it's a relationship first. As a teacher, how do you think I'm going to build a relationship by not engaging in content? Because the content is is such a great gateway to demonstrating reciprocity, to uh, to being, uh, to showing those things, to being an advocate, to being an ally, to showing students how they can be an advocate, to showing students how they can be an ally. You want to know how I build great relationships with my students by showing them how committed I am to being a mutual learner in the space and creating mutual learning opportunities for all us all to grow and challenge and push and ascend. You know what? I can only do get to know you activities for so long and I don't know how deep that relationship gets. When I think of some of my students, some of my best relationship building has always been through the content first, actually. But I I can think of one example this year where uh, um, a student has really expressed great... um, freedom of expression or felt uh, really vocal to advocate for LBGTQ rights. And an access point for them was when we did our biography at the beginning of the year and it was a biography through music. You pick your song take three of those lyrics and you tell me how those lyrics represent you. And they made the connection to those issues and they advocated for those issues. And, and, and since then they've just exploded to always wanting to talk about, to advocate for this, to not let a few boys in class at one point said, Oh, you sound like a girl. Boom. They jumped into action. They'd been, I don't want to say I empowered them, but that that space and that ability to build that those relationships to feel that this was, they could disrupt that ability for my students to feel like they can disrupt was foundational part of the class relationships. Those relationships were actually built on class activities, enriched, and, and that the reciprocity of engaging in meaningful content. So when you brought that up, that we trivialize relationships so often, and then we compartmentalize relationships to think they come first. How do you think, as a practitioner— Mm-hmm. As a practitioner of teaching, how do you think I build a relationship, a meaningful relationship where true reciprocity, where true advocacy, for true allyship can really be foundational if I'm not going to demonstrate to them how serious I'm going to take the moral obligation of teaching? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you said that word and then you made me. The, those connections to recipro- reciprocity and relationships were just, it was it was really well put, Had me be thinking on those those extra tangents of yeah I want my students to appreciate what reciprocity is to engage in that mutually in our space and that is foundational to relationships you have to have great relationships but I build this actually through the meaningful content whether it's disrupting the content whether it's challenging the curriculum it's not necessarily being compliant to the curriculum these these items these subject matters this curriculum matters provides a canvas to build a rich relationship. I can trivialize this, and you know, I hate to put things, there's my word hate again, putting things into sports metaphors, but as an athlete, we come together as athletes, when I think of my university days, and play in the game. Mm-hmm. In practicing the game, you know, I didn't build a great relationship with my teammates because we sat around and didn't talk baseball before practice. We built built great relationships running and working out and doing BP for hours and learning how to, to catch fly balls and learning how to go over your left shoulder together collectively on a high-end skill, and then the relationship was formed because it was that shared experience of that high-end knowledge, that high-end teaching experience. As a teacher, I want to facilitate those same things. I want a quality Learning, mutual learning experience for all to solidify those relationships and reciprocity becomes foundational in that.
1: BP stands for batting practice.
0: But of course.
1: I just wanted to make sure everybody was aware because. You know, you may not know. Once again, get into those baseball things,
0: that that BP vernacular.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Sounds like is that is that like like a PD session BP? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I just uh, you know, how do you follow up a Che rant? You just go with vocabulary lesson, and then just leave it at that.
0: Don't worry. That's that's my baseball and rant.
1: So <laughs> no, it was really well done. It was great, and you you really highlighted some of the things that I had said. And and I just do I do want to say just this this has been an episode of tangents, but I like to think that we brought all of those tangents back. And this is one of those reasons why we wanted to have this conversation because we've brought it up so many times as meaningful to us. And this is learning that we're doing, and and it just gave us this opportunity to consolidate all of those thoughts to. Put them together and then just, just kind of lay them all out there at one time, right? This, so because it, because it is important to us.
0: This has been a conversation about reciprocity with reciprocity that has allowed the <laughs> the conversation to escalate. To I, I think for us personally to hit uh, points of reflection that are only going to make us better in the classroom on Monday.
1: Absolutely. So I think we should wrap this up. What do you think, Che?
0: Uh, let me pull out the timer Well, if we did uh, 30 minutes to start plus the 19 minutes now or 50 minutes and that means there's a high pressure system coming in for the north and a low pressure coming from the south so we will have rain all weekend kiddies so this is time <laughs> for a little bit of swag bag I'll,
1: I'll post the picture that he drew while he was talking There. that's
0: a sketch note <laughs>
1: yes it is
0: all right let's get to a little swag bag and let's hope that I haven't scribbled over my notes <laughs> I to think you did. wrap this thing up I think I'm going to come back back to my original statement path okay. of when do we feel we were at this place where reciprocity needs to be explicitly demonstrated taught mutually learned and shared together when we become aware that the system has willfully or perhaps even unwillfully ignored the influence the methodologies the experience the stories uh, An honoring of other cultures, and I think that's our, our sort of our gateway to understanding why reciprocity is valuable, and it takes on a slightly different um, context in education. I think I'll get this. So I go through this swag bag. Is mm-hmm. that swag bag is more than just the giving of a gift. It's more than that. And if we even expand on gift, it's not even just the gift of person to person. That reciprocity is person, place, or thing. There's reciprocity to be found everywhere. Um, It's more, it has to be more than Um, me as the teacher telling someone else's story. Reciprocity is really about making sure for us that if we have a story that can be told we reach out to the community. Reciprocity is really about making those community connections that culturally responsive uh, pedagogy where we reach out to community liaisons we reach out to the experts we reach out to the people whose stories need to be honored and allow them to supplement that teaching to engage in those learning in our spaces and um, the, the dream catcher example was a was a a good one for that that was important uh also be aware that reciprocity if taken just in its you know definition can turn into compliance an eye for an eye a pen for a pen and it is critical to understand for us to understand that our reciprocity is is more than that it goes back to that first part of that swag bag reciprocity is more than giving gifts
1: that was great, Che. That's a great swag bag. I think that you highlighted so many of the important things that we talked about during this episode, um, brought some ideas back together, and uh, and gave us something to walk away with. So thank you for doing that. That was a fantastic swag bag to the end of episode eighty one. How are we bringing reciprocity back to the classroom? That's
0: perfect. And of course, this is not the learning. The learning goes as further conversation, further dialogue. So please engage with us in Twitter on that space. And let's keep this conversation going so we can continue to all be mutual learners. Because we have not ascended to any mountaintops. We are mere practitioners of teaching, sharing our insights, sharing our moments. Hopefully they connect with you or they disconnect with you. And that sparks conversation.
1: Absolutely. So please reach out Reach out to us if you heard something that you liked or heard something that you'd like to talk to us a little bit more about. At Staff Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. So please reach out. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you heard.
0: Okay, let's wrap up this episode with a word from our sponsor, which is The Drive mm-hmm. with Chain and Pav on Voice Ed Radio or CheandPav.com slash radio. It's our blue ocean, Sunday night, 8.30 to 10 p.m. Eastern. It's music. It's a musical theme. It's teacher talk. And it's really about reach and connection and a shared live audio experience.
1: It is all about the community. It's all about the give and take. It is all about reciprocity.
0: All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to episode 81 on my path to retirement at 100.
1: With, <laughs> <laughs> with Champ Ave. Have a great week, everyone.